And now, live from the studios of Freedom's Phoenix, Ernest Hancock. Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most. We are still here! This tax thing is going to be interesting. We got uh, TempachoteLibertyAdvisor.com on, and we're going to have uh, this conversation. So I want to know, um, Biden, they're doing the tax thing, and uh, we had uh, Mitch Shedlock. We put his stuff up every now and then. I think he got on Zero Heads today, and Donna has it up. And, um, you know, I'll I'll complain. One of his readers' uh, comment put in, he goes, I'll complain when I'm – the one being taxed. Mish, tell me if it impacts someone with 60000 in annual income and 12000 in short-term capital gains. If it doesn't, go screw yourself. Great if the plan is passed. Party time for the top 0.3% is over. Why should investment be advantaged over labor? These are a lot of these comments. But what happens when you got like a 60% tax on capital investments, guess what happens? You don't get capital investments anymore. You get a lot of taxes at the state level, you move. You know, what happens in neighborhoods and states when the wealthy flee? Look at Illinois. I mean, you know, this is um, what's been argued forever. Now, of course, Ronald Reagan came in and, you know, and taxes is bad and is bad because we need to invest and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of these quotes that he would put up here, but they weren't Reagan. They were JFK. You know, he, he's a wealthy guy. He knew what was up. So this tax thing uh, that they're proposing coming in, does it have a chance to pass? And what would be the real impact, do you think, Tim? Uh, I think it probably has a chance of passing because, I mean, it's politically very easy to, you know, target people making a million dollars and above. But I'm sure that that will be eventually, you know, lower down. And then the other thing is as inflation ramps up, you know, who knows, maybe everybody will be making a million dollars a year in a few years once, uh, you know, we get hyperinflation. And so that, you know, they refer to that as bracket creep. And so I don't, I don't mean, I don't really think hyperinflation is going to be tomorrow, but you know, I guess it's the least, I mean, I think that that current proposal is, you know, probably a pretty good chance of passing. Whereas something like a wealth tax that Elizabeth Warren always talks about, that's probably less of a chance of passing. So, I mean, she's talked about having some like 2% tax above, uh, like a billion dollars of net worth or something like that. And so you're just paying based off your net worth. But I will say this will all be a huge marketing boon for me. I mean, that's like the last thing I need right now. I was like almost more people coming at me that are the second. But as soon as they, you know, they raise the capital gains rates to 60% and you're a Bitcoin millionaire or, you know, tens of millions in errors, then, you know, what's 
basically my services at that point will be, you know, dramatically more valuable to you. So, I mean, basically what the government's doing is, you know, driving more business my way and driving more people to Bitcoin and to uh, digital currencies. So, you know, there's always a, you know, silver lining to everything that's going on. And you do see now there's, I mean, even on like mainstream places like Yahoo Finance, I mean, like every day I'm seeing stuff about central bank digital currencies. And, and I mean, they're just going... They're going for broke here, but they're trying to say, oh, you know, you know, as you know, there's threats to the dollar. And so now we need to create this digital dollar because people don't like the dollar because it's not, you know, fast enough. Whereas, you know, obviously our audience knows that the problem with the dollar isn't about it being, you know, not cool or not fast enough. There's, you know, it's the fact that we're all basically living as high tech slaves in this feudal Federal Reserve system. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I also read today in Zero Edge, there's a new one point eight trillion dollar stimulus uh, that they want to pass or some social safety net stuff they want to pass. And so, you know, it's very, when it, you know, it, when you're giving out all the goodies, you know, it's very easy to be Santa Claus and to promise all this free stuff and, and look who's the head of the, I mean, do you know who's the head of the, of the Senate budget committee? No. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so like literally Bernie Sanders, the head of the Senate budget committee. And, and then you, then like the head of the finance committee is Maxine Waters. So, I mean, like, like literally, she is the person that is most senior uh, when it comes to basically regulating my industry and what we do. And she's, you know, complete crony capitalist. Her husband is always involved in all these insider deals all the time. But, yeah, I, I think that this proposal probably has a pretty good chance of passing. And even if they don't have any Republicans on board, they have Kamala Harris to, you know, have the tie-breaking vote. And there's always, you know, a few turncoats in there and the Republicans. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if. People like Susan Murkowski and, you know, the usual suspects all, uh, you know, this is getting more into like Dr. Frank talk because I've really pulled away from politics. Uh, I mean, really, I've pulled away from it a lot like four years ago and, you know, still kind of dabbled here and there. But now I don't even pay attention to it at all, except for when it comes to these different financial issues. But at the end of the day, it's probably going to um, probably going to pass. Uh, you know, they're going to market it as it's only going to the top point three and, um, and it's just whether or not all the other money printing endeavors that they do, if that then offsets the other lack of investment, if you've got big daddy government coming in, being driving the investment. Well, we have a, um, a story that I read in the last hour about um, NFL players wanting to get their salary in Bitcoin. And I'm going, okay, when they do this, they call him Tim Pachote and saying, you know, hook me up and legalize my money, you know. And then when they use any of it, if they put it in commerce, it goes up or down. Do they get the write-off losses? Do they get the, you know, they, they have to claim as capital gains any increase in the Bitcoin as they use it? How are they doing digital currencies that don't have the, you know, permission slip U.S. dollar Goldman Sachs.gov coin moniker? You know, when I'm... I say, all right, I know the dollar, give me all my Bitcoin. How, how are they taxing that? How do, how do they do it? Are they even trying? Uh, I mean, it depends if they're giving them actual Bitcoin or if they're just using their salary to buy Bitcoin. But, I mean, if, it sounds like if they're, if they're taking their, let's say they're getting a million dollars, you know, a game for, I mean, I'm not sure how it works in the NFL, but, you know, you get your, you get your million dollar some Bitcoin, well, then now that's a million dollars of income. But then if your million dollars of Bitcoin turns into five million and then you 
and then you're sitting on it, you don't pay any taxes. But then when you start spending it, then technically you'd have a basis of, you know, basically whatever Bitcoin was when you got paid that million dollars. And if you've got you know, Bitcoin was 50,000 and then now it's 100,000, well, then now you, you would technically have tax on that. And so at the NFL player level, when you're get talking, you know, tens of millions of dollars or millions of dollars, uh, you know, I'm sure these guys have, you know, pretty good accountants that aren't just going on TurboTax and doing it themselves. So, uh, you know, it, it, but it is it's such a pain in the ass, though, obviously. I, mean, I don't need to tell you or your audience when it comes to, and it's a big hindrance of having, uh, you know, things. I mean, obviously, there's other reasons for not spending Bitcoin because, uh, you know, the fact that you've got, you know, $30 transaction fees. And I, and I listened to your interview with Roger the other day, and obviously he makes, you know, Unfortunately, his viewpoint didn't win out. And unfortunately, uh, I mean, it's not like it still can't win out when eventually people are like, oh, it's winning the thing out. Is not ever- when you're starting yeah. you're paying 50 bucks a transaction, it's going to win out, you know, and that's one thing that I'm looking at in eliminating the concept of the transaction fee, you know, just using it. If I had a hundred thousand dollars that became two hundred thousand dollars. Every time I buy a candy bar, you know, or I get a tank of gas or something, I got to add on capital gains. It's got to be, you know, 60% more. They're freaking for even using it, you know, when it goes up in value. When it goes down in value, do I get a cut, a break, a, 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 a deduction? What? Yeah, so, I mean, I got to make the caveat that I'm not a tax professional, but yeah, you would get a break. Hey, so wait, we're going, in, going into break, and I want to hear this answer, and they can't hear it. And, and, and so hold on, we'll be right back with. Him for choke. Good. Explain it to us. Crimes of the Crown by Captain Mark. The Crown casts the world in shadow and claims to be our guiding light. Cowards clamor for security from boogeymen and ghost stories. While I say these hobgoblins are imaginary, I say those they propped up as our liberators are now subsisting on our bondage. I say there is freedom in the black, and that's exactly where we intend to go. The Crown banishes its own officers for exposing its crimes and tortures dissidents to the brink of madness. It dominates the globe and swallows the wealth of generations, leaving only blood and excrement. The Crown calls it piracy to explore frontiers beyond its grasp. So the time has come for us to define the conduct among pirates. I say the Crown has trampled our necks long enough. Need decentralized solutions to centralized problems? Looking for a community of like-minded scoundrels? Or just want some swag to let the Crown know what you think of it? Join the conversation at pirateswithoutborders.com. We won't be hard to find. To be a part of the show, call 602 602- 264-2800, 602-264-2800, and now, Ernest Hancock. With Tempachote, the LibertyAdvisor.com. Okay, um, the question that we had, and I really want to get an answer to this, is that so that we understand what capital gains is. Capital gains is I, I put money in something, and it's worth more now, and the man, when I use that money, they want, they see Oh, you you chose wisely. You invest, it went up. You bought Bitcoin at a dollar, and now it's fifty thousand dollars. Well, that forty nine thousand dollars ninety nine or nine nine needs to be taxed at whatever rate. And if it's capital gains, you use it within a year. It's sixty percent of that is gain is now ours. You know, most the majority 
of what you made in choosing wisely now belongs to Uncle Sam because because we say. How far off am I? Well, the government doesn't make wise investments, so they got to tax the people that do. Uh, but the whole thing is just all a charade because there's not enough money out there to even, or currency even out there to even pay for all the debts. So, you know, it's just a mechanism of control, not like you're going to actually balance the budget. And, you know, they just want to, you know, that should make everybody poor. So then that way, you know, the government that has the ability to give you everything has the ability to take it away. But yeah, if you have a loss, uh, so, you know, it's the opposite of a gain. So, you know, you bought Bitcoin at, you know, $62,000 and now it's whatever it's at right this second, 54000 And, you know, so technically you'd have an embedded loss in there and, and then you can use that to then offset future gains. And I believe they only let you take $3,000 worth of losses like over and above your gains. So, you know, if you made $100,000 of gains, but then it had a $150,000 loss, uh, you know, you're able to then offset all that gain, but then only then have another $3,000 loss that you can then carry forward, which, you know, isn't really that big of a deal. And then when it comes to the NFL player guys, you know, a lot of them probably are getting paid in their LLC or maybe some sort of corporation. Uh, and so depending on if it's an LLC or a actual C corp, then they might be able to take losses at like the actual business level as opposed to like their own personal level, which would then allow them to maybe offset more than that $3,000. But the other thing that, you know, that's sort of, you know, sneaky in all of this is let's say you've got, you know, a more traditional type investment, not like Bitcoin, like, not like something that goes up, you know, 200% per year, but you've got something like a, some sort of stock or bond and it's going up four or 5% per year. Well, you know, part of that four or 5% is, is basically inflation. So you're not really, your purchasing power is not really going up 4% per year when inflation is probably really six. So you're probably still losing 2%, but then when you go to sell it, you've got a gain in there. And so, I mean, you, I mean, so they, there had been talks during the uh, Trump regime to do some sort of taking into account inflation, but they'd still use, use even like their BS, you know, 1% inflation model, not actually use like anything real, but even that didn't pass. So, I mean, because of all the money that's printing, like our money's not even... So like for me, I'm like, okay, you guys go and print 25% of all the money that's been in existence last year. You know, how about we get a 25% of, you know, step up in basis for all these investments because you just devalued all, you made all the other existing capital assets out there worth less by printing more money. And so it's, you know, if you, you know, bought a whole bunch of, you know, two by fours or timber, lumber, and now, you know, more people are chasing after that scarce resource because we just printed a whole bunch of money, you know, that's just a factor of you guys devaluing the money more so than it is like traditional supply side economics of what's going on. And so, you know, but everything, you know, it's, it's go, all goes back to, you know, a bug's life analogy where, you know, it's not about the food. It's about keeping those ants in line and it's not about the tax money. They don't need the tax money. They just print all the money they need, but they need it to then control people and to socially engineer society and to, uh, you know, eventually try to make everybody poor. And so luckily, you know, your audience was into, you know, Bitcoin early on. Or a lot of them were. They're stacking silver and they're into things that are, you know, probably going to be, you know, very valuable in the future. They've got, you know, raw land or they're, you know, doing things to be off the grid or homesteading and we're seeing food prices going through the roof. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, your audience that's been listening to you preach over the years uh, you know, we'll be in a much better spot, but unfortunately being in a better spot, you know, could mean the man's trying to come after people. And now they're talking about, 
having an extra like 70, $80 billion of IRS enforcement to, you know, try to go after people. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just really no, I mean, and part of this, I will blame on Donald Trump. I mean, because when Trump got in there, I mean, that was pretty much the last of all, not that there was any fiscal conservatism to begin with, but at least they tried to pretend that there was. And then when Trump was in there and I would try to say stuff like, you know, hey, I don't really like what he's doing, like this or that. And the spending front and I was an effing libtard to all these people. And, um, you know, and so that's, you know, we, you know, like I think the Trump people really sort of made their bed on that. And, you know, obviously not to say that I'm like, you know, one style and one dictator over over the other here. But it's, uh, you know, now all there's no rallying cries for anybody. Like, what are the Republicans going to say? Oh, we can't spend all these trillions of dollars when they were part and parcel for all the crap that had been going on the past, you know, four years underneath Trump. And I mean, and then like, the, and the Fed, if they couldn't ever, you know, really raise, yeah, they had some BS, you know, rate hikes that then crashed everything and had to then completely renege and all that stuff. But, you know, if they couldn't, you know, get things straight during the greatest economy in the history of the world, well, then how the hell are they going to do it now? And now, and then Trump, you know, hung his hat in the stock market. And you and I, uh, you know, probably many others listening to this show had told people like, what a bad idea that was. And now it's, oh, Biden's got the best uh, stock market performance first 100 days since Eisenhower. And, and it's because they're print, they've got the printing presses on high. You've got all these companies buying back their own stock after they all got essentially bailed out last year. And it's just, uh, you know, crony capitalism run up muck and uh and there's no amount of taxes that they could raise to ever really pay for all this stuff and you know and and you know they're talking about you know reparations and they're i mean they're talking about every i mean it's like there's almost nothing that's not on the table right now uh in terms of what they want to do and how crazy they might get and where they're going to take things and they're going to basically take things why why i mean we got universal basic income we have a, a fully extended forever and always of uh uh unemployment you know, you have um, every disability and distraction and, you know, disadvantage is funded. And um, I and the capital gains is going to go skyrocket. So nobody with money is going to be spending money on anything. And um, certainly not investing. When Trump came in, one of the big things was to try to repatriate a bunch of uh, wealth here from overseas because companies were leaving. Well, now they're freaking leaving again. And I, I'm just... To what end? It, 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 get reelected so Maxine Waters can can talk to a camera. I, I don't understand. There's something else going on. What is it? Well, I mean, the amount of tyranny you get is the amount you put up with, and so you know, people now have been accustomed to getting different stimulus checks. And if we were on video, I'd have you know probably like air quotes around you know stimulus over here. But it's you know if they can get away with it and. You know, and that's what people want. And it's, you know, very easy to be Santa Claus and just give everything away for free when it's not your money to do so. And so, you know, it worked before in the past for them. And so they're going to keep doing it and they're going to keep doing it until they, it's some sort of problem reaction solution where they eventually crash a dollar, have a reset, issue in a central bank to get currency, make you trade in your old dollars. Oh, we're going in the break. Yeah, we're losing you. All right. More. The Liberty Advisor.com. Liberty Advisor. You go on BitChute, not YouTube, and on BitChute, not YouTube, and somewhere else, not YouTube. For Tim Pachot, we'll be right back. 
Freedom's the answer. What's the question? You're listening to Ernest Hancock. And Tim Pachot, and whatever value you get out of that, you know, from us just yakking it here. There is um, there's a lot of things going on, but we want to focus on economics here. But it's not – economics always comes down to, like, staying alive, you know, and, and uh, your quality of living while, while you stay alive. And I'm going – it seems to me that uh, it's always everything's directing down to uh, food. How how are you investing with your clients and so on the pools? What are you focused on? Is there any certain industry? Are you are you um, what, what 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 how how are you making everybody money, man? Give us a secret. Well, I mean, part of it is for people to take things into their own control. So, I mean, it's not necessarily me making the investments for them in food as much as it's, you know, they're taking, you know, X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars and going and buying land and then growing their own food or doing something or taking it more, you know, local or they've got some other widget that they make that they can then trade with somebody in their community to do something else. So, you know, I think it's important to, you know, things that you can actually touch and things that you're, uh, you know, in direct control over and pretty much the type of people that I'm talking to, on a daily basis are people looking to either, you know, build community or already have a community or most of them already have it, but they're, you know, they may have gotten some land, but, you know, it's taking things more local and sometimes, you know, giving people the power to eventually do things themselves. Uh, now, obviously with Bitcoin and crypto, there's people that, you know, you can, you know, lead into water and they're just not going to do it themselves. And same thing with gold. Uh, you know, I just encourage people to go, you know, pretty much have it on their, on like on their own person or, silver but you know not everyone's going to do that and so for some people we've got to do other things that aren't as good but you know I'd, yeah i'm just i would more i think the best way to control your own food is just to grow it uh but yeah i mean there's certain commodities i mean a lot of commodities are booming right now and so you know there's some different commodity indexes i was in and there's uh and you know i guess bitcoin is technically a commodity too uh but yeah i mean it's taking things more local and, and looking at you know, because eventually you're right. It's going to come down to a food thing. I mean, even look at, you know, what's his name? Scumbag Bill Gates. You know, he's now the, what, the largest farm owner in America or something like that. I read recently. So, uh, you know, obviously, but, you know, he probably has other nefarious intentions, you know, as, uh, you know, obviously he's, you know, also owns Monsanto, which I guess now isn't even Monsanto, it's Bayer. And so he's a big owner of that. And he's, you know, had that famous TED talk where he said, something to the effect of, you know, if we can do a really good job of, with, you know, the food, the vaccines and healthcare system, we can lower the earth population by 10%. And so, you know, look at the things he's invested in, you know, the farmland, the vaccines, pushing all the Obamacare healthcare crap. And so, you know, you just, you don't really have to really speculate what these guys are up to because they're out, they're telling you what they're up to. So I think it's better, the best way to have your own, have control of things and, you know, is to, be the one that's actually controlling it. So, you know, it's trying to teach people that, you know, it's, I don't have to manage every single thing for somebody, but, you know, I want my clients to be like in, the, in their best position possible. And so if that means that I'm not managing something because it's better off them to go buy some farmland or buy, you know, some acreage here or there, just buy a ranch, then, you know, it's better for them to do that. Um, now, then it comes down to, do people want to finance it or do they want to just pay for it outright? And, and then there's always those different schools of thought because, you know, there's one school of thought is, hey, if the government is going to give you money for, you know, 2% for 30 years and inflation's way the hell higher than that and you can just retain your Bitcoin, then there's, you know, or 
silver or whatever, there's that school of thought. And there's the other school of thought of, you know, I don't want them having any control over me whatsoever and having any sort of, you know, lean to the title of my land or whatever it is. And so people just want to you know pay it off. So it's, it seems like there's always those two camps that people are in, uh, even within like the libertarian anarchist type movement, there's, you know, it seems like everybody falls like in either like one camp or the other on that. Like there's no one that's sort of in the middle. And so it's just, you know, interesting from my perspective and getting to talk with so many people and seeing like where, uh, you know, what, what people are up to, but by and large, I mean, almost, I mean, almost every single person that's coming to me is, you know, someone that's, you know, basically, you know, your type of people, our type of people now. So it's, you know, it's really, well, it's you a, were it's saying when you first started talking, you were saying that they were either already had a community or want to build community. They see the importance of community. And that's one thing that I'm seeing a lot. It's been a real trend everywhere that I go. People are talking about their community and I'm going, all right, um, what's your deal? What's the contract? How are you organizing? Well, a lot of times it's just a meet up or they, they get together and they, you know, buy from each other or, you know, they're not, you know, if you got a real estate guy, financial planner and a mechanic, you know, and you need one, you're doing it in your group. And um, I got enough, you know, kids and grandkids and family and everything and friends that I've, I'm pretty much covered on all the stuff I need to do. But does that count as the community or are they looking at a physical, we are going to ride this out on Lone Prairie of? What what kind of community thing are you talking about? Uh, I mean, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, I think right now, like no one's really exactly where they want to be because you sort of, you know, there's always that first person that pulls the trigger on something. And there's, you know, other issues at play if people are divorced and have kids in different places. And, you know, so there's, you know, there's a lot of life factors that sort of, you know, factor into what people are doing. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think people are looking to have, you know, basically large plots of land and maybe having other people living on their land or buying and having other people that buy an acre and somebody, you know, specializes and basically, you know, bringing some sort of value to the community. So if you're just going to be there and bitch, not do anything all day, well then you don't have a lot of, you know, value to the community. And then, you know, your ass is probably going to be pretty hungry when uh, the community kicks you out because you're not contributing to anything. So, you know, there's a, a pretty good game theory then of people, you know, wanting to, you know, be contributing members to this because if you're not, then uh, then you're going to starve. I don't know. It's as simple as that. But then there's always, you know, the psychopaths out there and the people that, you know, are prepared and whether they're not the people that are prepared, you know, that there's people that are not prepared who, you know, have guns that try to take their stuff. So, I mean, it's a very, you know, you know, I don't think there's like any like easy solution to to all this stuff because there is well, I mean, the easy solution is you know let you know freedom's the answer and have the government get out of the way. That's the easy solution, but obviously you know we're not banking on the government uh, you know one day you know just granting us our freedoms because you know that's probably not not going to happen. But uh, yeah, there's just a lot of people just talking about doing a lot of different stuff and and people making moves right now and. And obviously, a lot of people talking about, you know, either have RVs or getting RVs and people getting land and people doing all sorts of different things. And, and I'm sort of like in the bird's eye view. And, and also the people that are coming to me now for Bitcoin, are, I mean, I'm getting people in their late 60s, early 70s, uh, you know, people who and some of these people even know quite a bit. And I've, I've talked to some extremely wealthy people, in, you know, the tens of millions of dollars net worth who, you know, are in their late, you know, late 60s, early 70s who are now 
talking about you know getting into crypto or already in the crypto and want to put more into it and see it as the future. And it's definitely a lot different, uh, you know, client profile than what you might normally expect who are now into this. So, you know, when you're at the point where you've got, you know, 60 something year olds who are all, you know, getting all cryptoed up, then, you know, that's definitely a beautiful thing and probably something that the man doesn't like because, you know, now you're, you know, you're getting, when you're getting to the point where grandma is wanting to, you know, invest in the Bitcoin, then, you know, it's sort of at the point where, you know, it's starting to become game over for the system, which is why they're pushing for central bank digital currencies. And yes, like where all this stuff goes, I mean, where, where they eventually want it to go is to have some sort of great reset transhumanism, make it so that we're all like living in the matrix. And, you know, there's things like 2045 project where they talk about like essentially by 2045, they want to have everybody in avatars. And so, I mean, they, they push in this whole trans agenda, but it's not about the trans agenda. It's about the transhumanism and, you know, having some sort of, you know, the, and I'm just talking about the powers that be over here, like the, you know, some of the top richest people in the world basically want to have your consciousness going into this robot and then having this, you know, AI tech overlord that basically runs everything. But then it'd also be, you know, nice if they could kill off 90% of the people too in the process because they view a lot of people like useless conceders. So you ask where it goes and it's all this whole big problem reacts to solution and it's probably going to end up, you know, in currency wars, as Gerald Slunty say says, and it turns into hot wars. Going into break, we'll be right back. Tim Pichos, LibertyAdvisor.com. And we're going to find out uh, some other things we need to know about. You can get ready. And it's, uh, i got to emphasize this. The overall picture in the real estate market today is one of frustration when you take many factors into consideration. The housing market pundits would have you believe that everything is okay, but the long-term trending on the real estate numbers say otherwise. You are starting to see another wave of commercial and retail center vacancies, which follows a downturn in the residential market. So when you are ready to sell your house, I can help. This is Donna Hancock with Silver Alliance Realty in Phoenix, Arizona, and I can take some of the guesswork out of the home selling process, providing you with market trends in your area and detailing what you can expect before, during, and after the transaction. Being in the real estate business for almost 20 years now has afforded me knowledge of the market, networking with industry specialists along the way. And that includes professionals that can help after the sale to help protect your assets. So let's get moving today. Please feel free to call or message me at 602-828-1819. That's 602-828-1819. Or visit my webpage at DonnaHancock.com. There are those that just want to be left alone. And those that just won't leave them alone. Which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Gotcha. With Tim Pichot, Liberty Advisor. Hello. Um, what we're going to do is I wanted to make sure that uh, uh, we, we, you kind of get a, an idea of the people that we've associated with. And, you know, we're kind of unique and on the edge, even with financial investing and uh, diversifying the portfolio to be include crypto and other stuff. But, you know, it's it's interesting to me to hear Tim talk about the people that he's talking to. And certainly after, you know, you, you got, you know, a little bit of attention, you know, from, you know, our show and, you know, a little more attention. You go to, you know, Narcopoco and you start speaking at different things. You, once you get some attention, you get more attention and, and then boom, get on Corbett and, you know, and the floodgates open. So, I'm I as you're talking 
to people, what's the sense that they're preparing for? They're going, yeah, I need to make a change. I need to get something different, something, something, you know, and they're talking and walking with their money. So I'm wondering, you know, what do you think the the uh, collective wisdom of everybody is, what they're going to be doing? Well, what they're going to be doing or what they're going to be, what they're preparing for. So, I mean, a lot of them are preparing for the greater reset and, you know, all the Klaus Schwab stuff and the central bank digital currencies and, you know, just having this, you know, full on universal basic income and basically the government effing everything up to the point where you've got to, you know, take food security into your own hands because, you know, we're not going to be able to rely on the government to come in and, and save everybody. So I think that's what a lot of people are, you know, worried, collectively that's what they're worried about. And collectively what they're doing is they're either, you know, on their own land and looking at, you know, doing the chickens, goats, you know, cows, things like that, or they're looking actively looking for land right now and talking with others about community or they're doing, you know, John Bush freedom cell type stuff or, you know, that's sort of, you know, it's, it's sort of like either people are just into it or they're like yourselves and we're doing it for a while or they're, you know, trying to make the moves and trying to maybe liquidate houses from, you know, closer to like the city and, you know, looking at getting like, you know, way out in the lone prairie, as you would say. And, and that's sort of the, uh, I guess like the average. Well, how how difficult are you going to make it on yourself to, um, uh, be part of that. I mean, I like in Arizona, there's 277 acres of land that, you know, it's only like $1,300 an acre. I mean, I don't know, it was a few hundred thousand dollars for this 277 acres, but it has difficult access. It's going to be, you're going to have to build a road. And, um, I mean, you can't get an RV back there. It's one of those you know, Jeep, but it's beautiful. I, I'm like, this is it. It's going to haunt me forever. And I'm going... I'm wondering how many people would want that kind of an isolated, I mean, you know, it's not that, I mean, you're an hour from pound, you know, but it's, um, you know, it could rain, it could wash out a road, it could be, you know, the Starlink is going to give you communication and we got solar and there's water there, but it's a, it's a rough life. I'm wondering, they rather go to north of Prescott and, find some ranching community a little and buy a little acre or two and that be their hangout or we're going to get an intentional community. And the big thing that I'm asking to everybody that's talking about this, I want to see their documentation. What's the agreement? You know, what do I have to do? What can I do? What's your conflict resolution? Have you been talking to anybody that's going that far or they're creating a campground or, or kick everybody out every 14 days or something? I mean, you know, how are they describing they're going to do it? No, I don't think anyone has gotten to uh, to that point of, you know, making their own, you know, con- uh, constitution of what you can and can't do, which, you know, obviously I've heard you talk about, you know, quite a bit. So I think everyone's still like in two new stage of, of this of, you know, it's, you know, it goes from, you know, one day it's not a problem to all of a sudden it's a problem and everybody now at the same point. But then, you know, the other problem is that, you know, the land's gotten more expensive and everyone's, you know, fleeing from California and all these other, you know, liberal hell holes. And so it's making, you know, a lot of land and housing get more expensive, which is one thing I didn't see coming. So, I mean, last year, you know, last March, I did not think that all the crap that was going to go down was going to be great for housing. But, you know, I also didn't really expect the Federal Reserve to, 
print 25% of all the money and supply in one year or two months, which, and I, and I had, was already talking some pretty like grave numbers and then they even like went above and beyond what I thought. And I was already being called a conspiracy theorist for the stuff that I was thinking was going to happen and ended up being, being even worse. Um, you know, and also didn't think that the government would be like, Oh, well, you're not allowed to kick people out of your homes anymore. Uh, even if they're not paying for the home, uh, cause of coronavirus. And so it's creating this whole like artificial, scarcity of homes going on right now, which has, you know, risen up, bit up the prices because a lot of people aren't moving because they've lost their jobs. And so they couldn't afford to, they couldn't qualify for a mortgage anywhere else. Maybe they can afford it now because they're getting, uh, you know, free money from the government, but, you know, and so it's keeping people in their existing homes. So there's not as many homes going on the market. You've got the raw materials costing more. You've got people fleeing places from big cities into the places like, you know, Arizona, and so, you know, it's, you know, so some of this land that you and I were hoping was going to be cheaper is now more expensive. And so, but, you know, luckily the Bitcoin's gone up a lot. And one, one other thing I heard you talk about, you know, before that I never jumped on that I'm trying to figure out how to do now is, uh, is that pirate chain. Cause I, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this and, and I was like looking at like trying to get it like, like two weeks ago and I'm like, damn it, like it's gone up like this uh, ridiculous, stupid percentage. Uh, and so you I know, got it at twenty three cents. Yeah, and now and now it's like eight dollars or something like that, which is actually down from where it was, you know, yesterday. Well, so, the reason yeah. this is, you know, my purchasing strategy is different than a lot of other people. They're going for the buzz, this, the buzz, that, and who and the names behind and all that kind of crap, and I don't care. I look at it, or and, and of course ask questions, and people recommend it, and so on. It was recommended by a listener, but um, it had the features. You know, it's privacy. It's more private than Monero it, at, at default, and it has hailing frequencies invisible to the crowd. Crown. You, you can do uh, text messaging in a transaction of uh, they don't know who sent or that it was sent, or you got pirate communication. So I'm going, all right, I'm, I'm and it's uh, how much? I, I'll get a bunch of that. Boom, done. Well, you know, I mean, I can get like a gazillion dollars, but it didn't take much when it went stupid, you know? So I... I'm I purchase these things based on the features that they have, not on any of the other crap. And I don't care. You know, I I choose Bitcoin cash over, you know, a lot of other things because it's widely accepted as cheap transaction fees. It's fast. It's safe. It's accurate. It does what it's supposed to do and be my currency. Is it private? Well, it can be, but I'm not, you know, I don't care. But R is A R R R R pirate chain. So that's why I invested that in that. I invested in MadeSafe for the same reason. I invested in Horizon for the same reason. All of them are doing well, much more than whatever I got them at. But the thing is, is that you know when you're investing in the future, choose wisely. And now I'm saying. The first thing, you're going to be giving up all your gains in gold, silver, and crypto if you're hungry. You need to be investing in food and, better yet, food production. And you'll look on Freedom's Phoenix right now, the top stories, uh, uh, organic farm tour in, in Korea. You know, a food you aren't growing but should, mushroom log growing guide. Now, the, the truth about pasturing pigs you know, um, uh, you know, and of course, you know, Bill Gates buying up everything. Oh, and then we talk about Beyond Burger 3.0 debuts of uh, you're not allowed to have real meat. You got to get, you know, Bill Gates meat. So, I mean, we spend a lot 
of time. And of course, you got economics and politics and all this other stuff. But, you know, it's going to be a food thing. I can't emphasize that enough. And it's almost like, you know, because I say it so much, people think it's, you know, it's solved or it's not a big deal or, or something. What about you? You know, how, how much, how much, you know, beans do you got under your bed, Tim? Uh, I mean, I could probably go like eight months or so before I had to do something. But I'm also, you know, growing some food inside my, uh, you know, indoors too. So, you know, just like lettuce and things like that. So, and also, I mean, now that you know marijuana is legalized here, I also had my first, uh, first. I'm saying this on air, but yeah, I had my first, you know, first uh, legal crop over here, and uh, it actually came out very, very, very good. Very, very impressed myself. I went to like a degree on nerding out. It's, it's actually much, much more involved than just like going and throwing the seed in the ground. And so, if you don't know how to grow food now. to them.